Let's all we dream big. Let's all we take with us and do things we did. Dream big. Dream big. Yeah. Just dream big. Dream big. Yeah. That's what my father said. Dream big. Mama told me dream big. Hello, I am Matthew Pfeiffer. Welcome to uh, I Talk About Emotional Intelligence. So if you're new here, thank you very much for hopping in. And so uh, on my live, we talk about, uh, I take, uh, it's just open Q&A for you guys to talk about and ask questions related to some things that you might be going through, whether it is uh, healthy or dating or um, whether it is toxic relationships, healthy relationships, communication, overall emotional intelligence, how to handle different situations if you're struggling with co-parenting. Um, let me know. So we have to remember that. And so I always compare everything when we talk about our relationships, uh, I always compare our relationships to a baby mobile, the little thing that hangs over a baby's crib. So anytime, uh, the, the baby pulls and tugs on one toy, one end of the toy, it has an impact on all of the other toys. And this is the reason why I can't stress this enough. This is the reason why emotional intelligence is so important in relationships. Because in a situation where you, uh, you or your significant other accepts a new job, um, you know, any sort of transition, there is going to be stress. And so it might require more time from, from that person. They, you know, you mentioned that this person is working more overtime. They're probably learning new skills or they're in training. They probably feel uncomfortable being on their phone in front of their, their new boss. We've all been there, right? So, uh, so I'm not, I don't want to deny or downplay your need for reassurance, but I think that having dialogue right through that process, you might start to understand where this person is coming from and understanding, you know, that this person, this person's time now is uh, time and energy is now being spent in, in other areas. This could be for a short period of time, but through dialogue, you might start to see that this is the, this is the way things are going to be from here on out, but it doesn't have to necessarily, I don't know the dynamics of your relationship. doesn't necessarily have to be the end of things or this impending doom, but what are we going to do now, right? How are we going to maneuver through uh, this new situation and through the new dynamic that has created this imbalance in our relationship. Right. And, and so you go through social media, you know, you'll, yeah, I promise you, if you post a video, you're going to hear people dump his ass, blah, 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 blah. He's probably out there fucking somebody else and probably has fucking one of his coworkers. We don't know that, right? How the reality of it is, is that we, that relationships not only take work, you hear people say that all the time, but there's a, there's a responsibility and there's there a responsibility when we have, when we, when we're in a relationship and the reality of it is, if it's regardless if it's a job or someone getting sick or whatever the case is that it's going to require for the two of you guys to learn how to communicate and maneuver through situations like this. If we want to be in a long-term relationship, we can't just expect for relationships to um, be convenient for us all the time, right? The reality of it is, is that we have to learn how to maneuver when the relationship isn't, isn't as good. And one, one of the things I tell people I work with is that relationships, the true test of relationship, the true test of relationship isn't when it's all good. Literally, literally anybody can be in a relationship when it's good. Anybody can do that. Even a narcissist can do that. The true test of relationship is when the relationship isn't so good, when you're, when there's a disagreement, when, 
one person is working and working overtime and we can't talk as much, right? Can we can can we continue to last and work through when times are difficult? And that's going to take a lot of communication, going to take a lot of work, going to take a lot of emotional intelligence to be able to be supportive of each other through those times as well. Tips for someone who is an avoidant when looking to get into a new relationship. So when we when you're an avoidant and you're getting into a new relationship, we have, we have to understand that um, vulnerability in a healthy relationship is a requirement. So we have to remember, so we have to understand that uh, that if you're struggling as an avoidant, that means that you're trying to avoid getting hurt again, right? And we have to acknowledge that that we and so we uh, so a handful of things go slow, slow down, right? A lot of times we end up in situations where we are trying to keep up with other people. Avoidance need to go a little bit slower, but we also need to be very intentional. We also need to be aware, right, that as an avoidant, what does that do for other people, right? I want you to think about when you avoid conflict. I'm not getting on you. I'm just talking about in general. Um, if you are avoiding conflict, when you are creating distance, it's okay to have space when you need it, time to think. Right. But when we create that distance and we lack the communication that the relationship requires, what does that do within the other person that causes anxiety in the other person? And so what happens is that that person is going to need reassurance. That person is going to think that you have one foot out the door. It's going to cause that person to become to think that you might not be in tune with the relationship. And oftentimes people with a an avoidant attachment style want too much space and sometimes forget to reconnect. And, and especially if they are lacking um, in the vulnerability department. So we have to understand that we need to be very intentional. Um, and we also need to not only open up, but we also need to be, uh, we also need to open up the, the lines of communication, which are going to, which initially are going to feel very uncomfortable. So one of the, so a handful of things I would, I would tell you, is that you're going to need to learn what it means to be um, an avoidant, right? What does it mean to have an avoidant attachment style? Why do I have it? How am I showing up in relationships? What does that mean? You know, and what does my behavior, what what type of uh, defensiveness or what type of anxiety or what type of reassurance does this other person need? What does a secure attachment style look like? Right? Is it okay for me to have space? And 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 what does communication look like? And so. It's important for you to start to communicate and for you to have dialogue with with a potential partner of not again you've heard me, you hear me say this all the time not what the good times look like but what does it look like when when you have a disagreement right what does it look like when you guys are uh, at odds with each other um, and what type of system and what type of uh, rules of engagement are you going to have? Uh, when you want space or is it an hour? Is it two hours? Is it, you know, but we have to understand that as an avoidant, sometimes we want too much space, right? But we have to remember that we have to remain connected. A lot of people who struggle as an avoidant, not only do they want to be in relationships, but they also um, can't figure out why they're not getting invited in, in, into into other places. They don't realize, they don't understand why their friends get invited to different places 
why they struggle in other areas. Some people, some people with an avoidant attachment style struggle networking and it causes issues with them at work and those sorts of things. So we have to understand what does it mean to have an avoid? How am I showing up in all of my relationships, not just romantic ones, right? But also at the same time, how do I keep myself safe? Because here's the thing about it is that as an avoidant, sometimes you're right. Sometimes you do need to cut people off. Sometimes it is appropriate to, at one point in time in your life, your that because what what we're talking about is a trauma coping mechanism that you, that you needed at one point in time. At one point in time, that served a purpose, right? And 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 it served you properly. But we also have to understand that not everyone is going to mistreat you the way that your ex or the way that your parents did growing up. Uh, and so it's important for us to. Uh, understand understand the, the sensation that we feel when we start to feel overwhelmed by a relationship and learn how to communicate and learn when there's a real actual threat versus this is this is an insecurity and this is my trauma that's causing me to self-sabotage. So and it's important. So one of, one of the things when we talk about, you know, you, you hear all these things about toxic relationships, we you hear all these things about uh, narcissism and just like what um, somebody better stop me. Uh, said and somebody better stop me said is that we it, hearing that those type of things can be number one can be very triggering number two at some point in time right and everyone's going to be different in terms of their time to heal and things like that at some point in time we have to understand and this is the part that people don't like about my content but the reality of it is is that we have to learn how to keep ourselves safe and we also have to understand that guess what narcissism isn't going anywhere it's been here since the beginning of time it will be here till the end of time. And if we can't tell the difference between people who are healthy versus people who are toxic and narcissistic, and, you know, then and, and if we don't become self-aware, because most people, most, if not everyone who is in a toxic narcissistic relationship also has insecure attachment styles themselves. They also have to understand that it's not one person who needs work. It's both people need need work. Both people need healing because guess what? Codependency isn't healthy either. Right. A lot of times people get I'm not saying that the abuse is your fault. Right. But we also have to understand there's a responsibility that we have to make sure that we don't enter into those relationships again. And the way that we do that is through emotional intelligence and learning how to keep ourselves safe and knowing who the safe people are. Right. Because uh, here's the other part that people don't talk about. Do you guys really want to know the true secret? Do you guys want to know the true actual secret to healing from narcissistic and toxic relationships? The main ingredient to healing from those things, this, this is something that you're only likely going to get here. It's healthy relationships. It's healthy relationships. The best one of the best ways to heal from toxic relationships is healthy relationships. And so it's important for us to, uh, to understand how to, and I, I'm not saying all, I'm not saying it always has to be romantic, but, uh, but we need to surround ourselves with good, healthy people who are going to be supportive and are going to be nurturing to us who, guess what, sometimes might trigger us, right? But when they trigger us, we're in a safe spot where we're able to work through those triggers and able to see and uh, able to maneuver through those things. But healthy relationships is, is one of the key ingredients to helping heal from toxic relationships. It's one of the main reasons why 
my, why there was such a, a major pivot in my platform to talking about emotional intelligence, because we need to learn how to pick up, pick out the healthy people, right? To, to connect with them. I always compare healing from toxic relationships to trees. When with trees, everyone, all of us were in school and they taught us that trees put their roots deep down into the earth. That's not true. Trees keep their roots up close to the surface. And when I talk about roots, I want you to think about unhealed trauma, right? Unhealed trauma triggers all the things that you experience after a toxic relationship. They keep their roots up close to the surface. The reason why trees keep their roots up close to the surface is that the roots need oxygen. Same thing as your, same thing as your triggers and your trauma, right? It needs oxygen. You need to bring it up to the surface instead of burying it deep down and acting like it's not there. You need to bring it up to the surface. You need to talk to people about it, which is my second point when it comes to trees. Trees also reach their roots out sideways. And what they're trying to do, what trees are trying to do is they're reaching out sideways because they want to connect to other trees. And if they do connect to other trees, they intertwine their roots with the other trees. The reason why they do this is for a handful of reasons. Number one is for more support. They hold each other up. When storms start blowing, right, if there's a tornado, if there's a hurricane, they're able to hold on to each other to make sure that they support each other, to keep each other upright. The other reason why trees intertwine their roots is because they share nutrients with one another, right? They share nutrients with one another. Same thing with us, right? We need to connect with healthy people to support each other, number one. But we also need to share resources with each other. Someone asked earlier, how do I develop more self-esteem after a toxic relationship? Need healthy relationships. Need people to encourage you. One of, one of um, my... You know, uh, one, one of the things that happened to me when I was going through my healing process, I remember I was golfing with um, with uh, some friends of mine. Right. So one of the things that happened in my background was uh, like uh, successes weren't celebrated. Right. And, and I'll talk about that in another live. But um, in terms of you, it, you one of the you, you've probably seen me comment. On, I commented this on uh, Keith Lee's videos one time that you deserve to be celebrated. That's something, and when we talk about self-esteem, that's something that people don't think about, right? And that, that's something that I tell uh, the people I work with every single morning, right? Tell yourself that you deserve to be celebrated. Um, so what happened is uh, I had a really nice shot when we were golfing, and I turned around, and this was something that triggered me. My friends were celebrating my shot. And I can't tell you how mind-blowing it was at the time Right, that they were supportive and were actually celebrating an accomplishment that 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 I did. It was triggering. It was very uncomfortable. And initially, I thought it was fake. You know, until like we're talking about years later, they're still talking about it, right? And so the reason why I'm bringing this up is because when you've been in a toxic relationship and a toxic system and a toxic dynamic for a long period of time, you don't experience these things. Right. And so initially you're like, this is awkward. Right. But it became a very large part of my healing. Right. To be around people who were who were celebrating successes. Right. That it didn't that it wasn't a uh, that it wasn't a um, knock against them. They didn't feel like it was a threat to them. And so it's little things like that. The reasons why I say that healthy relationships are one of the main and one of the key ingredients 
to healing from toxic relationships. The key though, is to make sure that we find the healthy people and we learn how to not sabotage those relationships, number one, but number two, that we learn the difference between a healthy relationship and a toxic relationship. Here's the other reason why we need healthy people in our lives, because we need to learn how to resolve conflict. There's no other way to do it, right? How are we going to learn how to maneuver and how to have healthy relationships without healthy people, without having conversation, without having conflict, without we need to learn how to maneuver through those things. And there's no other way to do it without having uh, with, with without having other healthy people in our life. Because just like you hear me say all the time, the true test of relationship is not when things are good. I want you to think about when, when I say that, it's not when things are good. I want you to think about, especially if you've been in a toxic relationship, what did you do when you were in a toxic relationship? I know this is something that I did, right? We always looked at the good times. When things are good, things are really good and the sex is great, blah, 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 blah. What is it like when things are sideways, when that person isn't getting their way? What is it like when there's a conflict? All of a sudden, boom, right? There's this, we have this good, we, we, we talk about the inter, we talk about the intermittent uh, reinforcement and things like that, but we talk about how bad things are when things are bad. That's what your relationship is, right? For those of you who are in a toxic relationship, that's your, that's your relationship. It's not when things are good. Anybody can do that. I always compare that to, to getting a pet. Anybody can get a puppy, right? When anyone loves a puppy, when it's, when it's cute and cuddly and things like that. But what about when you got to take it to the vet? What about when you got a, a high vet bill? What about when your pet is chewing up your bed or chewing up your shoes and things like that, right? Are you going to kick it? Are you going to, um, you know, when your bet, when your, when your um, new puppy takes a shit underneath your bed or uh, takes a shit in your bathroom or whatever the case is and you step in it and blah, 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 whatever, you know, then do you still want a puppy? when things aren't so good and it's the same thing when when you're when, when you're in a relationship when things aren't going your way when you have a disagreement what's the true test that's the true test of your relationship on whether or not it's healthy or not so i said all that to say this when you're when you start to develop a healthy support system and you start to surround yourself with good healthy people the expectation isn't that everything's going to be perfect it's that they're going to trigger you in a healthy way that when you have conflict that you're going to learn that it's not always this impending doom. No, it's not always going to be uh, abusive. No, it's not always going to be someone cussing me out or whatever the case is, right? So we, so once we leave, we have to understand that healthy relationships are one of the major key ingredients to healing from toxic ones. Well, thank you guys very much, and I will talk to you soon. Yeah, that's what my father said. My dream big, mama told me dream big.